Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Locked on NHL. Today, we are covering the Vancouver Canucks spiral to tanking for, I guess, Bedard, if that's their goal. And, of course, we're going to talk about Vegas's hot start and where we stand on it and our rookies to watch for the month of November. You're Locked on NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to or welcome back to Locked On NHL. I'm one half of this Western Conference party duo Jess Belmosto of Locked on Calgary Flames here and my partner in crime with Brett Holden of Locked on Oilers. Today we we have a lot to talk about and I feel like this is kind of just like a gossip hour. <laughs> so if you are listening, I hope you have a snack, have, <laughs> have a some tea. tea. Yeah, we'll have some tea and then if you're watching on YouTube, you can also just join the circle and start spilling with us. But, you know, let's <laughs> we talked last week about Vancouver and I did not go into or I didn't leave last week thinking we would continue to talk about the spiral of Vancouver. And oh boy, oh boy. It, it's bad. <laughs> it, it, it's bad. It, it it feels like a time of crisis, uh, almost. And well, not almost. It it is it a is. time of crisis. I mean, every game you sit there, and it, it's almost like the perfect Hollywood script every single time. Oh, they're up. Oh, they're they've lost it again. Oh, look, they have a glimmer of hope, and they've lost it again and and the the Vancouver Canucks there are a lot of questions being asked for the Vancouver Canucks and the 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 media the not the media I shouldn't say but the just the 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 discourse around the team especially up here in Canada you feel it everywhere the headlines all day today have been what has to happen in, in Vancouver what has to happen what has to happen what does have to happen that is a very good question. I think the first thing is uh, getting their roster healthy because they have five injuries. They have uh, Brock Bozer on uh, – well, he was out for last night's game with an undisclosed injury. Travis Dermott with uh, concussion. Quinn Hughes announced week to week. And I believe Tucker Pullman just went on LTIR with uh, undisclosed and then Riley Stillman is out as well. And he, he was out last night and I don't like the undisclosed injuries. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't. Why, why, why do you not like it? Um, Number one, I feel like it is almost a cop out, not for okay. the players, but I feel like yeah. for the, um, there's a serious lack of transparency there. And, you know, I could be out for an undisclosed reason because I have a nasty bruise and I can't move my wrist right to shoot the puck. Or I have yet another concussion that is that could end my career. 
Sure. There's no transparency. No transparency. It leaves fans wondering. There's no glimmer of hope for when this player might be back and when this roster could be back to full strength. Fair enough. No, uh, fair enough. And the, the thing is, is everybody you mentioned are, are defensemen. They, they have, ah, that's right. Their, their entire defense core is torn up. They traded for Silman because of the injuries and now he's hurt. And now you sit there and go, Oh, you, can you make a trade? Well, who can you trade? There's a really good uh, article out on uh, the Daily Faceoff who, who that mentioned just what a rebuild would look like, and they really broke down the the look of you know what uh, there aren't a lot of players that may be able to be moved here. You think some of the players that you may think of right off the bat, especially to combat the culture that has come out, is guys like JT Miller. Well, and what did he just sign? Exactly. Exactly. It basically, if you're trading for a guy, if you are trading JT Miller, you're almost trading for the contract that he was signed uh, this summer. Same with Connor Garland. Connor Garland's, I don't think contract, his contract hasn't kicked in yet. So right. if he was to get traded, your, your selling point would basically be, oh, well, I mean, you're basically signing him for UFA too, or you know, it, it's there isn't really a a conversation to be had. B not also a lot of cap room for Vancouver to play with. So if they were to move somebody out, it's not like they could retain X amount of this over an X amount of, of right. salary in a trade to really make it profitable. Right. So it, that also in its own way devalues a trade because if you are going to take, yes, Connor Garland, I love Connor Garland. I think he's a very hard working player. JT Miller, same thing. But they have their own values. But also the thing in trades is things like if I'm going to retain salary, oh, well, I'll chuck in an extra third round pick just, just to, to help you out there. You, 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 right. there are extra things here that, you sit there and you go, you know what? Maybe this isn't plausible. Right. It kind of just feels like they're stuck and it's going to have to unfortunately ride this out. I talked about it on my show this week about, you know, Jacob Markstrom riding out his weird start to the season. And unfortunately it, I mean, I guess fortunately for the Canucks, it's not even Halloween yet. It's still early enough in the season for them to bounce back and, you know, make up that lost ground, but I don't see that happening unless I, I don't know. I, I, the team has to be healthy. That is obvious. Yep. That's an obvious answer, but I just, I'm looking at their stats right now and they are just not a good. They're, they're not. No, it's <laughs> um, they're either below average in the league for like the the good stats and then horrifically above for the bad stats. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it happens when you're a bad team. You're you're on one end of the spectrum or the other, no matter yeah. what. And rarely are you on the good side. Uh you want to talk about stats here. Well, let's talk about the the premier signing for the uh, Vancouver Canucks here. My favorite stat is we're going to get into some of these stats a little later on as well. But my favorite stat 
advanced stat because everybody goes, oh, you're an analytics guy. I hate, I'm not an analytics guy. I had to get a meme page to explain to me what all these, like, J-Fresh. I don't understand it. But I do like goals for and goals against mm-hmm. per 60 minutes because that really shows it adds up all of the, not only, like, goals that happen when you're on the ice, whether that's for or against, but it also takes the quality of the shots that uh, that are taken while you're on, the, the saves that are made. It takes every aspect into it and applies it to uh, this stat. And, well, their premier signing this year, who is coming back into the the, the season from a, a tough knee injury. Knees are difficult, and that's Ilya Mikheyev. Well, at five on five, Ilya Mikheyev's goals for per 60 minutes is sitting at a very impressive 0.99. A guy who's brought in now, yes, he's a two-way forward, but he's brought in to try and help that that team there. Yeah. And especially for a team who's having troubles against the Oilers, they blew a lead. Against the Flyers, the Capitals, the Jackets, the Wild, even last night against the Carolina Hurricanes. They scored the first goal of the game. And they just, they fall apart. You aren't getting production from the players that you threw money at this year. Andre Kuzmenko has a golden assist this year. He's doing his best. He's doing his darndest, but he's not getting it done. Niels Hoglander got sent down at points too. He's not doing his job. You have a depleted defensive core and all at the same time, Thatcher Demko isn't making the saves that he needs to in crunch time. What? Okay. Do you think this has to do with coaching because a coach can only my biggest thing is a coach can only do so much he this isn't a video game he can't go out there and control them like the sims or in nhl but is bruce the problem i don't think so i don't Uh, think so either no i i because and the thing is, and the reason why I don't think so is because after Bruce came in, they were tough they were to beat. They were a good <laughs> hockey team, and they almost slipped into the playoffs, right? So uh, now, I don't know if it's attitude. I don't know if it's the injuries and the attitude. There's something not right in that locker room, uh, but I don't think it's the coaches. I, no. It could be the captain. It could be Bo. And that's not a great thing. That's not something you want your captain to be vocal on his issues inside the locker room, bringing that out, airing the dirty laundry. You have fans throwing jerseys onto the ice, and it's a Bo Horvat jersey. You know, it's, it's yeah. again, not trying to pin it on him, but we're just he trying to animal. responsibility as a leader to tell them, Pull up your big boy pants, yeah. buck up, and get out there and go play. Because you know what? Your career may depend on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, 100%. And uh, maybe just uh, a, a quick wrap on, on just maybe a quick PSA to fans. But uh, I, I was reading up today. Now, I understand fans are upset. Fan, I, I, We were talking about off air before coming on just the great fandom of uh, uh, soccer fans and how yes. that – 
really makes a, 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 the sport fantastic. And that's an aspect of, of, of that. And that's what it makes hockey as well is the fans and how much fans care. And that's why we're all here. But if you see a, uh, a hockey fan or a hockey player out in the open, and this was a story from the uh, uh, from somebody in Vancouver, JT Miller was at a pumpkin patch with his family, and he had fans coming up to him saying mean things to him in front of his kids. On ice stuff is on ice stuff. Off ice stuff, please, Those everybody. Fans are so lucky, I'm not that child. Yeah, his kids oh. aren't old enough to raise a little cane out there in the pumpkin patch. Yeah. <laughs> be real bad. Be real bad for them. Exactly. No, like, it just be respectful to those. They are going out there and providing you with that entertainment. So just show some respect in front of family. I just I, that was something that really irked me today. Yeah. No. That's when I saw that. I kind of knew we would discuss that on today's show because yeah. that's just. Uh, unfortunately something that happened and I just can we just leave players alone when they're with their family just say hey like you know even if even if their team isn't good say hey good game like love watching you or just mind your business and leave it doesn't yeah it's cost nothing for you to go up there and be like hey appreciate it all the best right but either way let's get back on the ice here yeah either way uh we're gonna jump into some fraudulent ad- allegations from our host, Brett Holden. He thinks that the Vegas Golden Knights are off to a fraudulent start under their new head coach, Bruce Cassidy. And we're going to talk about that next. But our next partner has a product that I use every day. And I started taking AG1 because I have really bad gut problems. Um, I just like look at food in my my digestive tract is like, don't do anything. But with AG1, it is a great way for me to keep that in line as well as get the high quality minerals and whole foods that I need and probiotics that I need to keep everything in line and keep my immune system in check. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and they are recommended by professional athletes and they are trusted by leading health experts and you know it's backed by science people and i think that it's great because you are investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance like i said it helps with energy helps with your digestion stomach mental clarity alertness and of course your immune system and to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash locked on, nope, forward slash NHL network. And again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate nutritional insurance. Thank you everyone for sticking with us on this fine Tuesday. And make sure you are subscribed to Locked On NHL, but also head on over to Locked On Vancouver Canucks for their take on what's going on. And as well as this next team, Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Would you like to start, Brett? Because I feel like this, I feel like you might be able to sell sell our listeners on this. 
You know what? Uh, and we, I believe we talked about the Vegas Golden Knights uh, after opening night for, for them as well. They had a big win against the Los Angeles Kings, uh, one that uh, ended up seeing Sean Dursey become a healthy scratch for Brant Clark for his first NHL game because of a mistake made by uh, uh, Sean Dursey late in the game. And you sat there, you know what? I Los Angeles is a good hockey team. I like Los Angeles. I, I, I like a lot to do with Los Angeles. And I sat there and I went, that's a good win by a team that needs a good win. 100%. And then they keep going. And now they're at a 5-2 and two record. They, they beat Chicago. Mm-hmm. They beat Seattle. Mm-hmm. And they beat Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. They've also beaten a team that's gotten off to a kind of a shaky start and a lot of turmoil inside with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. And their two losses so far have come up against the Stanley Cup favorite in the Calgary Flames and uh, the defending Stanley Cup champions. The Colorado Avalanche. You can only beat what's in front of you. And two of the times that they've had teams in front of them, they've had contenders. They've had teams who, who, who are a real test. And they failed both of them. Yes, they were both 3-2, one-goal hockey games. The score was 3-2, and they were one-goal hockey t- games. But they still didn't win. No, and they allowed Calgary to score three unanswered goals. Exactly. <laughs> the, 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 these little things, they are... Uh, Jay Woodcroft for the Edmonton Oilers said yesterday, uh, and it was something that I, I really enjoyed, and that's kind of sticking with me ever since, was uh, he got a question uh, about outcomes of games. And like he said to to uh, the, I forget whoever threw the question out. He said, you're going to the outcome. I'm worried about the process. Hey, I like five, that. Five wins, two losses. Outcomes are pretty decent for you. But you have to look at the process as well. Los Angeles could go either way at the start of the season. Chicago, not the best team in the league, has had a decent start. We were talking about before as well, but Max Domi's on their first line. Seattle <laughs> is a young team. They're they're finding their wings. They've had a decent start, but it's still Seattle right now. The Winnipeg Jets, have, I won't really go there. And again, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who, uh, yes, they got a win against a team that should be a very uh, cup contender as well this year, but they have had a shaky start this year as well. Now is the time to get wins against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Right. And that's what Vegas did. Yeah. I think that, you know, you look back a few years ago and it was Vegas that broke the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that was the first domino to fall in the coaching uh firing mass exodus of coaches but uh you know i think you know you raise a really good point there in terms of the process versus the outcome and you know you can have really like a great record you know five and two to start the season is not bad you know but the only reason 
that uh, Calgary game was a one goal difference is because they ended up winning a goalie, like a goalie challenge. And unfortunately for the flames, uh, they, they didn't, it was a wrong call, but he was pushed into the goalie by Vegas golden Knights. But that's, that's a different story. Um, you know, I think when you, when you look at the teams played and won against, you laid it out perfectly. There's a list of excuses as to why or reasons why they won. And they can't beat the two really good teams there. What, what, again, you know, we've kind of talked about this um, to start the show as well with Vancouver. Like, there's still time to make up for these losses and whatnot, but it, it's October. It's the end of October. It's time to start shaking off the the off-season dust and putting what's you know, ahead of you, really looking forward to that. And can Vegas do it with the goaltending that they have? Can can that, is like, is that truly something sustainable? Yeah, uh, 100%. That you, again, you hit the nail right on the head. Like their goaltending, I don't want to say has been an issue because it hasn't been. It's been a no. strength for, for them so far. 100%. But I mean, yeah, no. Again, you hit the nail right on the head. You're the the start of the season. It is the start of the season. It's still we're almost at Halloween. There's still three or four or five months left in the season. I don't know how long exactly. But and now is the good time to start getting your wins. And at the same time, I'm not saying that they're fraudulent going, oh, in like three weeks, they're going to be losing every game. They're going right. to be the worst team in the league. They're going to be picking Matthew Michkoff at the draft. And, you know, right. I'm just saying that I think maybe we should pump the brakes on how good Vegas really is. Yeah. And just go uh, again. We see the outcomes, but. The process is the more important things. I, I mean, you have guys like Chandler Stevenson is has three goals, three assists, six points, third on the team in, in, in points on the first line. Is Chandler Stevenson a, a first liner? I, I have him on my fantasy team. I think so for now. But then it's Jack Eichel who has three goals, four assists, seven points, who leads a team in uh, a point, second team in goals. Jonathan Marcheseau has five goals, one assist, six points. And those are the guys that, well, two of those guys that you need to need those points and goals from. But another guy who's kind of reaching the fruit or, 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 or getting the fruits of the labors of those guys who are going out there. I guess that's what you want. But again, how sustainable is it? You're going to need secondary scoring. And for a team that is up against the cap, a, a team that just it, from the start of the season, everybody looked at their, their their roster and went, okay, well, maybe this isn't the best right now because of the salary cap. Because you're sitting there going, ah, we just lost Robin Leonard. Ah, we don't know how Mark Stone's going to, uh, how healthy Mark Stone's going to be when he's coming back. There are all of these things that then, all of a sudden, yes, you're doing well, but where's Mike Amadio got an assist the uh, last night? And, um, uh, Roy and Nicholas Roy got his first assist as well. Those are guys that need to chip in and will eventually chip in, but now they're chipping in. <laughs> exactly. Right. It should have started 
November, or November, uh, October, what was their first opening night? October 12th against, yeah. no, yeah. I'm looking at Vegas. No, I lied. I'm looking at Anaheim. Sorry. It needed to start <laughs> nope. opening night. They played the same night, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So regardless, they needed to start this two weeks ago. Um, it is unfortunate to be looking at, I mean, it, to be dissecting a team like this, this early, but at the same time, you got to look at where it is. Yeah. You, you know, I think that, you know, if you have an easy schedule to start and you have a better roster then yeah, of course you're going to go out there and win. But totally. sorry. And just in the same breath, it just, you can also in, in saying that you got to respect the process over the outcome. Mm-hmm. You can also take a look at those games and inside those games, you can see, okay, we did these well. You, we we, we right. transitioned the puck well. We uh, entered their zone well. We couldn't. We didn't get a lot of exits out of their zone. We let them enter our zone too easily. That's also the process within the outcome as well. Right. So then, yes, you can then tinker. And we talk a lot about uh, Bruce Cassidy as well and, and his process for those. So... It's, again, I, I'm not saying that I think this five and two start will then become a five and seventy three season whatever. or whatever. Yeah. Not good at math, yeah. But uh, I'm just saying that we need to catch. And like you said, it's early in the season, so there's a lot that still needs to happen. But you you're gonna have to need to start. Those are all synonyms. But you have to <laughs> you have to start identifying those flows and rhythms in stretches of games, because that is what the season is. You ebbs and flows. Right. And you know what? We'll probably talk about it more, uh, you know, around Thanksgiving time, American Thanksgiving. And then of course, like the all-star break, we will do check-ins and whatnot, but like, is the five and two record sustainable? Is the process that they have going for them right now sustainable? And, you know, Bruce Cassidy is one of my favorite coaches. Um, And I want to see what he's able to get out of this very um, talented roster and what he can squeeze out of his, his little goalies there until if Robin Leonard comes back. But... You know, I think that they might find themselves in a situation like our good friends in Vancouver. Obviously not losing, but there could be some turmoil there uh, down the road. But we do get to look ahead at something very exciting. Uh, Obviously, like Brett mentioned earlier in this segment, it's all about what's ahead of you. You can only look at what's ahead of you. And we're going to talk about some rookies that you need to watch in the month ahead of November coming up next. This is a fun idea. I think that this is, you know, it puts a player on a good, you know, pedestal, puts them on under the spotlight here at Locked On NHL, and obviously go listen to the respective shows of the rookie that we're going to talk about. Brett, do you want to start? Yeah, I, I do want to start. And I feel like after the one that you have, mine feels almost kind of boring here. But 
mine, mine feels like the layup, so I'll go first. Uh, yes, no, my rookie to watch over the next month is the guy who has really stepped up in his his on his respective team, at least offensively. He came in, he's had some spurts on and off with the big club, has spent more time over the last couple of years in the AHL, but now he's getting full-time minutes with the Minnesota Wild on their back end, and that is Kalen Addison. Six assists so far for Kalen Addison. And the impressive number is, because remember, Jess, I I mentioned my favorite quote-unquote advanced stat being those goals for per 60 minutes. Well, Kalen Addison, in his first full season in the NHL so far, currently is sitting 26th in the entire league amongst players who have played at least 40 minutes, which is about three games, so consistent players. He sits 26th in the league with goals for per 60 minutes at a 6.3. Now, the flip side, why I also want you to watch this kid is because he is currently sitting with a plus minus of a dash seven. So a minus seven. And talking about the that advanced stat, we have a goals against per 60 minutes of 7.15 which is good for sixth in the entire NHL. Excuse me, sixth worst in the entire NHL. So that's why I want you to watch Kalen Addison to, A, again, he's, he's on the power play unit for the Minnesota Wild. He has been producing wherever he can and whenever he can with those six assists. And when he's on the ice, he is the 26th most effective player on try, with goals uh, four per 60 minutes. In the same breath, a team that has been struggling, has obviously been on the ice for a lot of goals at five on five, and at the same time is on for a lot of goals with that dash seven. He's playing at an average of 17 minutes and 32 seconds per game. So there's a lot of time to watch him. Yeah, and you know, that is one heck of a team to be putting up points for because I think that they need them a lot. Uh, you know, they... They had a brutal game. I think it was against L.A. where it was like a 7-6 game and not not good. And, you know, you have to look at their defense. You have to look at what their two-way forwards will bring and whatnot. And, of course, their goaltending. But, you know, keep an eye on him. I think Minnesota will be the first of the teams that we've talked about today to kind of figure it out. Uh, 100%. Yeah, I think that they, I don't know. My God. Well, and like you said, and we'll, we'll get to, to your rookie in a second, but mm-hmm. you, you mentioned their defensive core, and you have Matt Dumba on the third pairing. You have pairings of Jacob Middleton, Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brodeen, Kalen Addison, and he's playing technically second pairing minutes over Matt Dumba, who's paired up with John Merrill. Those are... <laughs> fantastic defenseman. Then you have guys like Joel Erickson Eck is on the third line for, for the wild Ryan Hartman as well is on the third line for the wild Ryan Hartman. I believe off the top of my head had 
33 assists, if I'm not mistaken, from last season. Matt Boldy, Marco Rossi, who is a, a, a potential Calder Trophy finalist this year, is on their second line. And Marcus Felino, if you watch him fight, it's fun. <laughs> that, yeah. that, like They are an exciting team, and they have all the pieces. It's just putting it all together. Absolutely. And, you know, like they have a very deep team and I think it's all about them just kind of getting on to the same page, not even the same page, but I use this with the flames when they were going through it, the same page, the same sentence, the same paragraph, the same word. They need yeah. to just be reading together and yeah. get it going because otherwise you're going to end up all over the place and you're still going to have horrific games. But, you know, I think my player had very large expectations heading into this season. And, you know, I hadn't seen, um, you know, too many highlights, I guess, of Mason McTavish of the Anaheim Ducks, who is in his first full season in the NHL. He already scored his first goal uh last season so we're not necessarily looking not necessarily looking at that but through six games he has no goals he has four assists though mm. i you know i think that when the pressure's on especially for a young kid they might struggle a little bit but i would at least expect him to score on against the devils <laughs> like i'm looking at the schedule uh seattle the the not the rangers the the islanders like i'm looking and i'm just very i don't want to say concerned but i'm i'm intrigued as to how the month of october will compare to his november and i think that he is absolutely a player you should watch i think that the Sharks, I mean the Sharks, the Ducks are a very exciting team. They kick off their November against the Sharks. So, you know, I think you could look there for some entertainment truly because those are two teams that have been at the bottom of the Pacific looking for a way up. And then you're playing Vancouver and that, you know, you're – the month of November is pretty much playing a game every other day. So is he going to be able to find something? Is he going to be able to produce in the way that he did in world uh, at world juniors that, you know, really put, put him under the spotlight even more for Anaheim fans. Yeah, no, I agree. And he needs those goals. I think for sure. Um, you mentioned as well the uh, Anaheim's not exactly the best team in the league. They're not exactly the best team in the Pacific. And when your your marquee matchup for the Anaheim Ducks is the San Jose Sharks, that's yeah. going to be a fun one. But yeah, I, maybe he's still trying to find his footing. 
I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's just getting on the score sheet. While you were uh, mentioning Mason McTavish, I, I decided to go to my my funky fun little uh, uh, advanced stat, fun advanced stat for us here. And the interesting thing is, is uh, you take a look at his five on five goals four per sixty minutes, and it's not the best. He currently sits uh, ninth on the Anaheim Ducks for a goals for per 60 minutes at a 2.54. Then, however, you switch it around and you get to all situations, which benefits or you looks at uh, power play five on five every time basically you're on the ice. And Mason McTavish, his goals for per 60 minutes in that situation, is the third best on the team with a 3.08 behind Trevor Zegras and Troy Terry. So maybe a little bit of a caveat in the fact that, okay, maybe he's not scoring right now. But in the month of November, he's he's out there when the points are being scored. You mentioned no goals, four assists so far. He has been getting on the score sheet a little bit here. Maybe now in the month of November, he can really start these advanced stats that are so fun. Can maybe try and 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 show why they're so fun to look at. <laughs> oh, absolutely! And you know, I think that that is um, just again another great thing to look at when you're watching the game. Of course, a player can pass the eye test, but are they passing the advanced analytics and advanced stats test? Yes, um, I think it's going to be a, a good month. For, for these two players. I, I hope that they figure it out. And you know, <laughs> the last Tuesday of November, we can, you know, look back and say, hey, how did these guys do? And then maybe have another round of rookies to look at because who, who doesn't love putting these guys under the spotlight? And, of course, you know, make sure you go check out Locked on Wild and, of course, Locked on Ducks. Uh, really great stuff from both Seth and JD. And um, you, can't, you can't get enough of those stats. I think that they're so fun. Yeah. Not, I can't. You Don't ask me to solve for them. <laughs> but I, I can find them and tell you what they mean. Yeah. Not what matters. And, and also, the other thing, too, about the rookies, especially in uh, uh, the Western Conference, there are a lot of, A, re- Western Conference rookies, but B, a lot of Western Conference rookies that are really doing something out there. Maddie Beneers, uh, Kent Johnston as well. There, uh, there are a lot of guys out there, a lot of rookies out there to really watch in, in the Western Conference. So we'll have a lot of rookies to talk about in the future here, Jess. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's always nice to check in on them, see what they're contributing to other teams. Hey, especially in the Pacific Division, you never know. And it's it's always fun, especially because these are the guys that, uh, you know, we see the most, I would say. And you never know what you're going to get if you don't know what you're looking for. So I haven't even mentioned Shane Wright. Right. I have to give my oil Kings some love. You got the uh, Dylan Gunther over in Arizona too. And uh, you also got Jake neighbors in St. Louis. So got to mention them. Sorry. Of course. No, (laughs) no need to apologize, but Brett, do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap up today's show? 
No, no. What I'm just I'm so happy we are back in the swing of hockey. That that that's all I care about. The fact that we can go and I can set a fantasy lineup and then watch all of all of this and then come back on Tuesdays and talk with yeah. you about it all. Last night I put Patrick Line on my injured reserve because I was oh. I had three players on my roster that I hadn't like moved and there's only one IR spot. So I'm just sitting there. I'm like, well, Line was supposed to be out the longest out of all these guys. And yeah. then who, who comes back today? Patrick Line. So I'm like, yeah, I just should not be responsible for any fantasy teams. Um, also checked out Locked On Fantasy Pod yes. because they clearly know more than me. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. But thank yeah. you, everyone, for tuning in to Locked On NHL. I hope you enjoyed your gossip hour and your snacks and your tea, your coffee, whatever you're enjoying. And we... <laughs> We will see you next week. Hopefully the Canucks will have a win under their belt. We don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't put any money on it. Uh, hopefully Vegas, you know, proves us wrong. Hopefully not because they're in our division. And of course, hope these rookies are able to get situated, get their footing underneath them. And as always, make sure you are subscribed to Locked on NHL wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Jess Belmosto and Brett. I'm going to say yours. Yes, I am at the real Holden Forty, just on every social media platform. Not no no fun ones today. I didn't. I couldn't think of a fun one. No. <laughs> well, make sure that you're also subscribed to Locked On Oilers and Locked On Flames because we do have a battle of Alberta coming up. So you know we're going to be more than likely doing another fun. Pre-game primer, post-game recap, whatever, yeah. whatever, yes, whatever the uh, weather calls for, we'll do it, right? So thank Absolutely. you, everyone, and we will catch you next week. And make sure you tune in tomorrow for the Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference Wednesday doesn't have the same ring to it, but <laughs> we'll figure it out. All right. See you guys later. Peace.